I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn dip dedication. Shake down, break down, take down, everybody wants it to the crowd alive. Break down, take down, you bust down. We're talking about practice, man. First of all, let's get one thing straight. Crack is cheap. I make too much money to ever smoke crack. Let's get that straight, okay? We don't do crack. crack Ladies is and whack. gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Breakdown Breakdown. Uh, I am Jeremy. I wanted to uh, reach out to you guys. I'm still on a break uh, in between season one and season two, but as you know, I am a member of the uh, Universe Head Network, a group of buddies of mine um, and some buddies of theirs have put together a group of podcasts, and recently they had a uh, gentleman from uh, Saturday Night Live uh, from way back in the day, Tim Kazarinski, uh, into their studios to uh, just talk about his time on SNL and talk about some of uh, uh, what he's been doing as far as entertainment goes uh, throughout his life, and um, I wanted to share that with you guys uh, because I thought it was a really good interview. My buddy Patrick, uh, who he's been a show, he's been a guest on uh, one of my other shows uh, called Eureka Podcast in the in the past. So he's a he's a friend of a friend of the show, and um, he did a really good job with this. Uh, I was very interested in what Tim had to say. I was interested in the fact that Patrick knew that he had written uh, The Cherokee Kid, which is a Sinbad movie from when I was a child, uh, that uh, I I thought it was a deep cut. I had no idea that anybody else knew about that movie, and the fact that uh, that Mr. Kazarinski was a writer brought some joy to my life while I was doing the dishes. So uh, I wanted to share this with you guys as a little update uh, that, hey, I'm still working on things. Season 2 will be coming, um, and uh, we're going to break down some more breakdowns. But in the meantime, have a little gander. Uh, at uh, the Tim Kazarinski interview with my buddy Patrick Hale, uh, part of the Universe Head Podcast Network. Also, he was on the uh, Not Suitable for Work podcast and Inferior Men. So if you haven't checked those out, each one of those uh, has its own theme. Check them out and uh, check everything else out on the Universe Head Network while I'm out. And then, of course, come back and listen to me. That's it. That's all I got. Have a good one. Happy 2018, everybody. What what'd you think today so far? Oh, I think it's wonderful. Really wonderful, yeah. Favorite part? Great people, great good fun. Um, yeah, I two different podcasts and completely different completely things, different right? Different things <laughs> and uh, both entertaining and and challenging. And uh, and uh, it's uh, yeah, no, it was it's really it's fun. fun. It's like it's nice to have a, a topic and a theme and. Something you can actually, sink your yeah. Teeth into. yeah. Well, we'll make sure to to break it out of the comfortability by having no topic or theme for the go. last for the last bit. Um, mostly, this is just wanting to thank, and the other ones for our other two shows we did. They have their own themes and formats, but since we have you here, we wanted to just talk a little bit to you. Great. So, uh, our listeners out there, this is kind of a special one-off type thing for Universe Head. So. Uh, we won't do it every week or month or maybe ever again. 
But if we have another wonderful guest or Mr. Kazarinski comes back, we'll absolutely do it again. So, Tim, first, I just wanted to ask, what are you doing? What am I doing? I, You know what? Um, I am enjoying myself. Uh, as I, um, uh, I'm 67 years old. I'm... <laughs> That's I'm the on, new 45. Huh? 67 is the new 45. 67 is the new 45, yeah. And um, my, I've been married to the same wonderful woman for 34 years. My kids have grown and they're wonderful. Um, it's kind of Miller time for me. And I'm, I'm really sort of at the point in my life where um, I've, I've done a bunch of stuff that I never dreamed that I would get to do. Um, uh, I remember uh, Denise, my partner, used to say that uh, in Russia, they um, uh, they could, when when people couldn't afford to go to the Moscow Circus, mm-hmm. um, the in the the shtetls and the poor, they, that everybody in town would in the village would like throw in a few kopecks or whatever to send one person to um, the Moscow Circus to and. And then have that person come back and tell them Just tell what the, story. the experience was like. And I, from my life, my career, I feel like I was that guy uh, who was sent into, you know, the traveling the, the storyteller. You get to yeah. go back and, and tell got, all of that. And I got to experience all this really incredible and cool stuff, and come back to you know Chicago. I loved, and so I get to come home to my my shtetl, which is uh, Chicago, and. Uh, and just recount the adventures that I had. Well, I mean, that's that's what life. That's what everybody wants was, to do. Yeah. Right? They just want those those things, and to be able to say that they did the things they yeah. love. Yeah, and so that's what. And and I love Chicago. I love living here. And uh, I'm lucky. I feel grateful to have raised my kids here. And um, I don't. I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. I don't want to go to Florida. <laughs> I don't want to be a snowbird. And I, I like it here. And I. So um, I'm enjoying stuff. And. Um, now I'm doing stuff that I've never done before. I did. My wife got me to do a musical, and uh, then that led to uh, me touring for a year and a half as the Wizard of Oz in Wicked, and and as a as the Wizard of Oz. Who the you, hell? I never dreamed that that would happen. How and was, this has happened, and that happened when I was 65 years old. I'm going woohoo! And then the guy who directed it, Joe Mantello, then hired me to do. Uh, his next Broadway show, which was an act of God with Jim Parsons, and I had already got my Medicare card, and, <laughs> and then the, you know a few months later, I'm making my Broadway debut. I'm going, wow! Only That's in America amazing. does this crap happen. Now, so um, let's so let's break it down. So from zero to twenty, twenty to forty, forty to sixty, greatest things for you, and and just we no children or marriages. Ah, all right. Zero, I say zero to 20. Zero to 20. My first 16 years in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, then sort of quitting school, running off to America, living with my crazy Polish aunts in Pennsylvania. Well, that's incredible in itself. Uh, yeah, it was a wild. I had an ulcer at 14, and, and the doctor <laughs> said, get out. So, and it was a very smart doctor, and I went, okay, I'll get out, you know. You've had some really good medical advice in your life. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? They have universal health. You know, they have, you know, universal medicine. Yeah. What we should have, you know, Medicare for all. Come on. Absolutely. The richest place, the richest country on earth, you know. I think Botswana has 
you know, <laughs> universal medical care. Why can't America? Just, so anyway, that was really exciting to come to America. And then I ended up getting the edited the high school newspaper in Johnstown. I got to be, you know, which got me a job at the local newspaper. And then there was a wildcat strike one night, and I ended up getting hired as a reporter at 17. And then it's like, ah, uh, okay. here we go. Early in America, yeah. And oh, then shit. I came to Chicago at age 18 in 1968. What better time to be... Where did you, did you know anybody? Yeah, I, my sister and brother-in-law were working their way around the world, and they were here for a while. And so they said, "Get, come on, come stay with us." And uh, I said, I, "You know what? No." I said, "You're crazy." I said, "I've got a great job here, and I, I'm a reporter." <laughs> and it, and uh, my brother-in-law was running a restaurant here called the Pickle Barrel. And he said, "What are they paying you at that newspaper?" I said, <laughs> proudly, I said, sixty-five dollars a week." And he said, "Yeah, I'll give you a hundred bucks to clean tables." <laughs> going, ah, damn it. So uh, I came here, and, <laughs> and, uh, and the best thing I ever did, uh, 1968, I came here and uh, worked at the Pickle Barrel and had a ball and ended up finishing you know, college. And That should be one of the quotes on the buses. Do you see those quotes on the buses that go by? Like, Chicago will be the last greatest city left on earth. Yeah, it's a, it is the best. The greatest thing I ever did was move to Chicago. Yeah. Tim Kazarinski. Yeah, yeah, and I never left. I'm the <laughs> schmuck who stayed. I, <laughs> Uh, Chicago been very, very good to me. So. <laughs> and uh, all right, twenty to forty. I was in the ad twenties. I was in the ad business until I was almost twenty-eight, and uh, then uh, loved it. Worked for Leo Burnett and McCann Erickson. Had a great time, and I um, I didn't hate the ad. I loved the ad business, and but I I was nervous presenting my commercials. So somebody said, take a Dale Carnegie class or a Win class at Second City. Through, yeah. So I took a class at Second City, and, uh, uh, and then I took another class, and they offered me a job. And so I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I took an 80% pay cut to go work at Second City. And the best decision. Best decision ever. Because <laughs> so, uh, a couple of years later, I, I got hired on, on Saturday, Saturday Night Live. Live. And, uh, you know, Weirdly, I I didn't audition for Second City. I didn't have to audition for Saturday Night Live. John Belushi, that guy there on the on the magnet on that file cabinet, uh, said to the producer Dick Ebersol, "You should go look at this guy." And Ebersol came in and watched the show. Uh, so I guess I did audition, but uh, I didn't, didn't have even know to. It. You know, if I'd had to audition, I'd been horrible. I I, I auditioned terribly. <laughs> you know. But he saw me on stage at Second City, and he hired me for SNL. So that's amazing. And but those two, I gotta say, career-wise, in the span of sixty years, my two years at Second City, the best two years of my life. Really? Yeah. Uh, creatively, I loved, it, loved, loved it even more than the four at SNL. Second City was because. At that point, you know, you you put in touch with your own creativity and you're generating stuff every night. You're improvising, taking audience suggestions. It was a it's, a, it's such a roller coaster ride. It's wonderful. It's, it's SNL, you're doing, you know, you're writing material, you're creating, you're doing scenes, but that instant genesis that it, where you generate ideas, nothing uh, is, was as great or as much fun as doing as my two years at Second City with, you know. Danny Breen, God rest his soul, uh, Bruce Jarko, uh, Nancy Kelly, Mary Gross, uh, Jim Belushi. Um, uh, it was just an amazing, just and, a wonderful time. And that and that type of work too is different. Like I I I noticed of the cast members when you were on SNL, 
Um, only three of the actual cast were also credited as writers. Was that different for the writers slash actors, performers cast? Did you what else did, did you have extra stuff you had to do and were the other guys just partying while you were having to write their sketches? Oh yeah, no. I, but here's the thing, I got a paycheck as a writer. Oh. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> weirdly I have I have the <laughs> the the distinction of saying that at, at Saturday Night Live, I was making more money than Eddie Murphy, <laughs> which is not at all fair. Um, he has since made up for that gap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, a thousandfold probably. Um, but, and he was a great guy, uh, a wonderful guy, and uh, was very generous and very sure. And he would very often say, I'm too heavy in the show. Let's give some of my stuff to some other people. He was. Um, I'm sure Piscopo liked that. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Yeah, who's no, Joe is now a conservative radio host in, I saw in that. Jersey. Yeah, he was going to run for a governor, I think, or or the Senate. Yeah, I, man. God, uh, Lord, uh, go figure. Go, go for it, Joe. Joe, yeah. go for it. You just don't win. Yeah. Uh, so we did ten, twenty, twenty to forty, forty to sixty, forty to sixty. It was. It, it was. Um, I got to come home, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't do with how wonderful marriage and kids is. It, <laughs> it won't, won't dwell on that. But that that was uh, uh, I had been pretty much working real hard most of my life, and so it was nice to come home and you know slow down. And you know my agents all said you got to go to New York, you got to go to L.A. And I went, Nah, I don't. Yeah. No, nah, I can I can write, I can mail stuff. And as a screenwriter, um, that was the you know the mellow time for me. Uh, yeah. 40 to 60 writing uh, started on My Bodyguard and uh, then Sexual Perversity in Chicago which became the movie about last night and you know, we worked on Three Men and a Little Lady uh, the, um, we did a Black Cowboy movie we were they, we were getting pegged as Brat Pack writers, so we did a black cowboy movie called The Cherokee Kid. So, the Cherokee Kid with Sinbad? Sinbad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love The Cherokee Kid. The Cherokee Kid. And that's all real stuff. All of the incidents in that film are real stories about black outlaws what? and black lawmen. Oh. All those characters, every character in that movie is a real character from from history. Uh, I have to go back and watch The Cherokee yeah, Kid. Yeah, it's all, yeah. Even oh, the uh, uh, A. Martinez plays a character called Juan Nepomuchino Cortina, who <laughs> is the only man to ever invade the United States. He held Brownsville, Texas, for a, for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, nah, yeah. I don't want it. <laughs> and he was a very florid speaker too, and a very loquacious uh, man. If you ever read any of Long, his writings, beautiful, work. luscious yeah, he, words. Yeah, and he did a terrific job. But uh, no, so um, and then. Uh, so that was sort of my screenwriting, uh, you know, uh, portion. I have 20 years as a screenwriter, and I loved that because yeah. I got to live here. And my, my writing partner, Denise DeClue, uh, we had a, a, a wonderful 20-year run. And Denise That's now great. lives in Penang, Malaysia. Really? Yeah. Uh, I love you know, Penang curry. Yeah, Penang curry is great. Yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So I, I only have you tried the masaman curry. Masaman, I yes. love the masaman. Good too. lord, yeah. just put them all together. Yeah, <laughs> put it over rice. Yeah, add chicken. Yeah, um, um, I love the curries. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> Stefan. I hitchhiked around in 1969. I hitchhiked around Europe for a summer, and uh, that I pretty much ate when I was I was in London for about two months there, running breakfasts at uh, the Tipperary uh, House, which was a 
ramshackle hotel, <laughs> a seven-story building with no elevator. And oh, I good. ran Continental oh, Breakfast for free rent. So, But I loved London in 1969. Oh, my God. And But I pretty much ate Indian and Pakistani food Just the whole time. I got I went nuts for curry, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I only left out in the in the in the set of family stuff so that we could actually just focus on it more. So could you tell us a little bit I we know you met your wife right at the last year that you were at Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Been married for thirty four years, you yep. said. Um what where did she come with you from New York wherever you went? You guys moved back to Chicago here. I know you have some kids too. Yeah, she had done five uh, five Broadway shows and uh uh she made her Broadway debut forty two years before me. So what? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, as, as, as an ingenue, and as she toured the country with No No Nanette, and did you know good news, and she did, uh, and she met so many people that she worked with mm-hmm. that were you know that this generation wouldn't know about, like you know um, June Allison, Vir- Virginia Mayo, um, Rochester from the Jack Benny Show. Um, John Payne, uh, Dennis Day, all of these great you know people I used to watch in movies from the '40s and '50s. That yeah. she worked with all those uh, those great people, Lola Falana, and, uh, and then she did Chorus Line for four years. Um, I think we need to have another guest. Yeah, she sang uh, her big number was "Everything Is Beautiful" at the ballet, and she's a great singer dancer. We will set it up. She can come and perform for us as a special guest star. <laughs> yeah, she's at rehearsal now. Now she's once she's doing legit stuff. She's like <laughs> working with Shaw Chicago. No more Broadway. As we speak, she's at rehearsal for uh, Chicago Shakespeare Project. Is she really? And uh, they uh, Peter Garino does this wonderful series of uh, he takes Shakespeare uh, plays and does stage readings at libraries around the city. So the oh. Newberry Library and Highland Park and Niles and uh, look for that. Yeah, yeah. All of our listeners yeah. look for this. And so she's in rehearsal right now for Coriolanus. Uh, Ooh. I thought it was Coriolanus, Cor- but it's Coriolanus. Coriolanus. So, yes. um, you also have, I know, one daughter. Yep. You said in New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah, she's been there three and a half years now. What? How? Tell us about your daughter. Uh, she, Zoe, uh, would love to. Um, um, <laughs> she did an exchange. Uh, uh, to Germany, she, she loved to travel, mm-hmm. so she did a little, did an exchange for German class. We had a, a German student come with us, and then so we went to Germany. But then she, I'm from Australia, she arranged by herself uh, to do study abroad, and went to Australia and fell in love with it. And uh, she had she lived with the Blackmans, the family, and uh, they uh, they were great because uh, they. <laughs> They made her make dinner one night a week, <laughs> and they dragged her. They were spelunkers. They dragged her to see caves and stuff. She was like, I'm done with the caves. But, but they're lovely, lovely people. And uh, Thank you, Blackmans. So, so she fell in love with Australia and, and actually ended up doing a semester of college there, and she went five times, and then she used up her two-year, uh, a one-year work visa there, and when she couldn't get back in, she got a work visa to New Zealand, figuring she'd fly over yeah. to visit her friends in Sydney. Uh, but while she was there, she fell in love with New Zealand, and she's been living and working there for That's three amazing. and a half years. Yeah, and and uh, now she in Christchurch and now Wellington. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, if if your daughter listens, I hope you're having a wonderful time. Your parents miss you, but they're also happy for you. Yeah. No, she's she's, she's making her own way, and you know. I, <laughs> 
I, I ran away home from home at 16, so how am I going to tell Australia. her she... From Australia. How am I going to tell her she can't do <laughs> Don't that? Don't do it. Uh, other children? Yeah, Pete. Pete? Yeah. Pete. Pete's, Pete's doing great. He's uh, uh, he, he lives five blocks from us. That's amazing. Uh, in uh, Up in Evanston. And I'm sure my mother would love for me to live five blocks from her. <laughs> yeah. So he's too close. She's too far away. Yeah. So we got... <laughs> in the middle. Uh, uh, so... We've done some family, some professional. I would like to, just because I think every single person, and it's all anybody talks about, what's going on with politics? Oh. You just, if you vent, yell, whatever you want to do, what's, what the fuck is going on? Um, th- this experiment, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> the, the, the grand experiment. Uh, <laughs> I, I have the perspective of having grown up 16 years in Australia and landing in the United States uh, in March of 1966. The changes that I have seen in the United States from that point on, this was an extremely racist nation when I arrived. Uh, The, uh, you know, my, uh, the, in Johnstown at that time, Black kids couldn't swim in the swimming pool. Oh, okay. And it was like, what? <laughs> and it was it's still, I mean, there were, the South was still, Southern. still, I mean, please, yeah. let's not even go to Al- talk about Alabama. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, um, musicians, artists, uh, you know, uh, couldn't, there were places people couldn't eat, couldn't go. It's, yeah. it's a remarkable change that, and, it, why, when it came to when Obama appeared on the market, I never conceived that an African American uh, would be in the White House in my lifetime. Yeah. From the my initial perceptions of the United States, so that after two terms of George Bush, that America could put a black man in the White House, it was like that is what makes America great. I mean, how could, how did this happen? Yeah, I was like. It's inconceivable to me, and, and it's just magical. And that that this same country, after two years, of, two terms of Obama, <laughs> can turn around and put this bombastic orange asshole in the White House. How this the perfect storm of how did this freaking happen? And we have a dangerous moron in the White House. No, no, didn't you hear? He's a stable genius. Oh, stable genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. Yeah. Usually stable geniuses are shoveling horse shit. That's what I was doing. Uh, yeah. Um, no, this is, uh, you know, I, I, it, it's frightening to me. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, w- w- when's it going to stop? When, you know, it's a, I've kind of been in limbo mm-hmm. of like in, in denial of like what? Um, yes. But it's, it's truly frightening. And uh, I just, I, I wonder how, how far this absurdity goes. Uh you know, Stephen Colbert is keeping me sane. Um, that's the only show we tape and watch every night. It's a any, and and I'm kind of I I I'm he is just the worst. But also part of me as a voyeur and loving to watch shit burn. It is I never followed politics so closely. Yeah, I literally I I don't tweet except to what what the hell did he just say today. Yeah. So, it, are you enjoying any of the just the entertainment? The madness. The madness. Um, 
I, I think I'm a little too too, too old. To, uh, it's not it's not so amusing to me anymore. It's 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 frightening, uh, and um, I, I just can't wait for it to be over. Yeah, that's all. But, um, Trump, if but, you're listening, stop it. You're scaring us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, it's it, uh, odd that it, it has. I think it has spawned and triggered a level of activism that um, I have certainly not seen since the Vietnam War. That uh, that people, however this perfect storm happened, that this guy got in um, is. I, I think that's going to be rectified yeah. in the future, but with uh, that the, can't come soon enough. With with opinion. the new Star Wars in that theme, with the new Star Wars, I've liked to use the analogy that. I mean, we really could not have gotten... We may have thought Obama was Luke Skywalker, but no, we had to have Darth Vader mm-hmm. before we get Luke Skywalker. So th- this is our Darth Vader. Yeah. We have to... Uh, then the Rebel Alliance comes together, and after this, we'll just... It's it's easy. Yeah. It's just from here on out, someone's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. And I, I certainly think that uh, that young people have... <clears throat> been awakened they're much more <laughs> woke than they 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 used to be and uh um the um i think the the election the more election in alabama was a template for uh, what's gonna what's uh, what hopefully will be the future to come where oh it's gonna be it's gonna be a ama- it's gonna be interesting and uh controversial and i hope that i can avoid it all uh-huh i yeah. just i'm gonna watch some nice cartoons <laughs> and just just put my head down and uh, wait till it gets better. Um, Tim, and there... I would I do want to say that the um, after the election, mm-hmm. the episode of Saturday Night Live, yes. where Kate McKinnon came out as Hillary Clinton and sang Hallelujah, <laughs> and, and Leonard Cohen had just died. Yes, uh, and so for her to be singing Hallelujah, I thought it was an inspired moment. And then to have Dave Chappelle uh, do the uh, his intro was pretty amazing. It was. I thought it was a pretty remarkable show. Made me uh, very proud to have been uh, a, a member of the SNL family. That, um, he had a great message. And actually, he just released a new Netflix special where he addresses that his closing statements toward Trump. Oh, great. Yes. Oh, I haven't... Is it... Is it running right now? It's right now. It's on Netflix. Right. It's, oh, good. A, it's on Netflix. I won't ruin it for you, but he, he discusses what he wished he had said. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he's pretty remarkable. Tim, is there anywhere, anybody, if like if anyone wanted to come see you in Chicago, we could come see you do something? Yeah, you know what? I, I have been doing more stage work, and, uh, um, it, and I love doing theater here in town. And uh, uh, George Went and I have done a couple of shows up at Northlight. And I'm not doing anything right now, but uh, uh, hopefully I'll be in a show again soon, and maybe you'll see my my image on the back of a CTA bus. <laughs> <laughs> Coming so back again. That's, well, that's fine, but uh, yeah, no, I'm... Actually, the last time I saw you, though, you were just turning down parts left and right. Yeah, uh, I, and that's, you know, it's nice... <laughs> To be able to say "fuck you," no, no, I, I, I don't, I don't have to do stuff. The being able to say no uh, to to work yeah. is is really um, uh, at, my, at my age is really very wonderful. Is um, is there anything? La, my last question: Is there anything that you turned down that 
later on you thought, thank God I turned that down. Oh, my God. Just like the most relieved feeling when you realized that you turned that thing down. Uh, yeah, there was, there was a really horrible role in DC Cab. I think it was the owner of the cab company in DC Cab, and I did turn that down. And then when I saw it, I went, I'm, I, you know, I, I, it was a conflict. I couldn't take the job. And yeah. I was like, oh, thank God I dodged that part. Uh, um, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, as my writing partner and I did turn down a couple of uh, movies that turned out to be, um, uh, You've Got Mail. You turned we turned that down, and Mrs. Doubtfire. That was a big mistake. What? Yeah, because yeah. it was actually at the time it was offered to us. It was an Indian, uh, like Bollywood type thing. Uh, yeah, well, no, it was it, it, it was going to be him doing an Indian accent. Oh like, god! Oh, and even though I'd done one on Saturday Night Live, yeah. I just thought, yeah, that's a little bit for a feature movie. Two hours, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A bit much. And then it turned out he did an English accent, and was like, oh. <laughs> Maybe we should have done that, John. It was a it was a big hit, so so uh no this but you know, I'm please, I've been I'm the luckiest man in show business. I've had very few misses and um I've been I've had, you know, way more than my share of luck. I'm well, very I, grateful for Good luck and I, I'm sure that you will continue to do many things and we will absolutely look for it. And hopefully, let us know. Please let us know the next time you're doing anything. I will. Thank you, Patrick. We will all be there. Yeah. Uh, So from everybody at Universe Head Family, I want to thank you again so much for taking almost four hours out of your Sunday to come (laughs) and do this with us. Um, Check out anything you can on Mr. Tim Kazarinski. Most of his Saturday Night Live stuff is locked up by CNN on their website, so you have to go to it. Uh, but you can go rent and buy all of the police academies because that is how you raise a child. <laughs> People should Indeed. raise their children yes, yeah, on police yeah. academy. Uh, so thank you, t- Mr. Kazarinski, thank you so much. Thank you, Patrick. And have a yeah. wonderful evening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Much obliged. Bye.